Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, invites you to be the informed patient with the podcast that features experts from Central New York's only academic medical center. I'm your host, Amber Smith. As we get older, knee pain becomes more common, but there are things that we can do to postpone or potentially prevent knee problems. Here to talk with me about how is Dr. Zachary Vriedenberg. He's an assistant professor of orthopedic surgery at Upstate. Welcome to The Informed Patient, Dr. Vredenberg. Thanks for having me. What is the average age of patients who come to see you with knee problems brought on by wear and tear as opposed to sports injuries or traumatic injuries? So in general, that population is going to be a little bit older naturally as the more active patients with acute injuries tend to just be younger because those are the people that are more active and playing sports. But usually these people with wear and tear, you know, my knee just got sore or achy one day for no real reason. Those tend to be in their 50s, 60s, 70s, those decades of life usually. Does that wear and tear patient population, is it evenly divided between people who live a very active lifestyle and those who are more sedentary or, or not? What I see is usually it's more active people because that's the reason that they're noticing it. That's the reason that they're uncomfortable or they want to go back to their walking a couple of blocks a day or running half marathons, even into their 50s and 60s. So it's usually the more active people, though there are some people that really, for no reason, from their perspective, start having pain, but it could be that they just have bad arthritis and even minimal daily activities bother them. Is it pretty evenly divided between men and women? I'd say so just from my perspective, but in general, arthritis, I think, has a little bit of a skew towards women. So if you're talking strictly from arthritis perspective, it'd be a little bit more female, but pretty even all in all. So my question is, does being active, such as being a regular runner, does that help protect your knees or does it set you up for problems later on? It's a little bit of a double-edged sword or a kind of a loaded question, maybe, because running a lot and doing highly physical things can put more load and more force onto your joints, which over time can cause you to feel it more. But at the same time, being active and doing active things obviously helps keep your weight down and anything to keep your weight down is helpful for the health of your joints in the long run, as well as just movement and active motion is good for your cartilage in your knees and in your hips and ankles. So those things are going to be helpful in the long run too. So I don't think there's one exactly right answer for that. Is it normal for knees to start popping and cracking when you move as you get older? It definitely uh, can be. And it's not always necessarily a sign that something bad or ominous is about to happen. We say that flicking, cracking, catching, all those types of symptoms, however you're going to describe it, are very nonspecific. They could uh, mean just there's some air in there. It could be a little bit of inflammation. It could be a whole litany of things that are not concerning at all to us. But it's really when those things start to become painful that our interest gets a little bit more peaked or we go digging a little bit deeper. Or if the symptoms are more than just cracking, it's a true kind of catching or locking of the knee and that can signify that there's something getting stuck in there, something that can be fixed. Is it normal that cartilage is going to thin out as a person gets older? Yeah, that's definitely a natural part of the aging. There's not a whole lot you can do to necessarily prevent it. And it's a little bit unpredictable in terms of how fast or to what rate or what degree the cartilage does thin or wear out. What's likely to happen to muscles and ligaments as we age? So naturally, 
your muscles are going to weaken and get a little bit smaller, a little bit atrophied as you do get older, although you can prevent that by staying active, continuing with strengthening exercises, things like that. The ligaments become a little bit more brittle, so a little bit more prone to injury, but a as you lower your activity level, you worry a little bit less about those being injured and more just about the generalized kind of wearing out of the knee. If someone has a hip problem or a hip injury, is that liable to impact the knee as well? This is something I see all the time, I'd say, is that someone comes in and I see them one week for a hip or knee problem. It can be either one. And then a few weeks later, a few months later, that problem's better, but now it's the adjacent joint. So I think it is very common that once your gait gets altered or you have a problem in one joint, that things can migrate as the other joints are picking up the slack. So everything's connected. Yes, definitely is like the song, head, shoulders, knees, and toes. <laughs> well, let's talk about the things that can go wrong with knees over the course of time. What's the most common complaint you hear from patients with wear and tear issues? It's generally soreness and swelling after a long day of being on your feet or walking around. A lot of these people feel stiff in the morning. And then once you get into like a small amount of activity, just walking a little bit, it actually sometimes feels a little bit better. But again, at the end of the day, it's often swollen, painful, sore, achy. Sometimes some of that catching and clicking that you're talking about, those seem to be the most major for anyone without an acute injury. And I think people sometimes are surprised because they come in and they say, you know, I didn't do anything. And then all of a sudden on this day, this time, my knee started hurting and something must have happened. But what's really happened is they've had arthritis and they've had arthritis for a long time. And it's just going to be one day and one time where all of a sudden it starts bothering them. And even though it's often pinpointed to a specific point in time, it's not a specific injury, but it still seems to happen acutely. This is Upstate's The Informed Patient Podcast. I'm your host, Amber Smith, and I'm talking with orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Zachary Friedenberg, about how to care for our knees as we age. I understand that osteoarthritis is one of the five leading causes of disability among seniors. What is that, and is it inevitable as we age? Osteoarthritis is basically the wearing out of the cartilage. And whatever joint we're talking about, we're talking about the knee today, but it's when the cartilage starts to thin or fragment or soften, and it is a natural part of aging. Not everyone ends up getting arthritis, but it is a natural thing that just does happen for it can be a multitude of reasons. If we had a parent or grandparent with osteoarthritis, does that make us more susceptible? Yes, there is definitely a genetic component. And again, it's not a one-to-one -one where if you're mom and dad both had arthritis, you're going to have it for sure. But there's definitely a strong predisposition to genetics and causing people to have arthritis later in life. If we have it in our hands, say, does that set us up for a chance that we would also develop it in another joint like our knee? There does seem to be some correlation, but what we often think about when you start complaining of multiple joint complaints of swelling or inflammation, or especially some arthritis, we often think about the more systemic causes, like a rheumatoid arthritis or something like that. And that's different than osteoarthritis. So osteoarthritis would just be arthritis that just kind of happens, maybe traumatic in nature, but rheumatoid arthritis or some of the more rheumatologic conditions that can cause arthritis are because of a systemic inflammatory type process, which is treated a little bit differently. Do they have the same symptoms, rheumatoid arthritis and osteoarthritis? 
in general, yeah, you're going to have joint pain, joint swelling, stiffness. Sometimes the rheumatologic processes can be a little bit more aggressive or abrupt in happening. And it's not my area of expertise, but the medications these days seem to be doing a, a much greater job of controlling patients from having rheumatoid degenerative joint disease. They still might have other symptoms, but the arthritis and the need for joint replacements and things like that seem to have really gone down as the medications have become better to treat those conditions. So focusing on osteoarthritis, can anything be done to prevent it once symptoms emerge? In short, not really. You can treat the symptoms, uh, and that's what we aim to do with all the conservative treatments, things like anti-inflammatory medications, doing low-impact activities so you're not feeling the pounding on the joints over and over again, keeping a nice, healthy weight because your knee sees multiple times your body weight. So even a couple of pounds up or down one way or the other can have a big effect on how much force you're feeling in the knee as well as for that matter, physical therapy to help offload the knee joint and strengthen the muscles around it so you're feeling less force. Are knee replacements ever a treatment for someone with osteoarthritis? Yeah, so that is the end treatment. If you really go through a lot of conservative treatments, there's other things. You could have a whole hours long talk on treatment of knee arthritis, but if you get through a lot of other things, there's some types of injections that you can try, some nerve ablations. Uh, other medications that are uh, a little bit newer and still really being studied. But if you get to the point where nothing's really helping anymore, then knee replacement becomes really the ultimate solution, but also obviously with more risk. Are you usually able to get some relief to patients without having to go all the way to a, a knee replacement? In my practice, I don't do knee replacements. I'll often treat these patients up until the point they end up saying, hey, enough is enough. And, and I think replacing my knee might be the only option. But I definitely see a lot of these people who their symptoms are greatly improved and good enough. And even if it's not for the rest of their life, for five or 10 years, they can be active and happy and do the things that they need to do without having to have some of the restrictions that you may have to have after a knee replacement or surgery in the recovery time when they're still at a younger age, I think is worth it. Now, what about the people who were athletes in high school and college? If they had injuries to their knee, back when they were in their teens and young 20s, are they more likely to have problems when they hit their 40s and 50s and older with the knee? There's some specific injuries that definitely have a correlation with causing arthritis later in life. So things like having had a fracture or broken bone into your knee joint, we call it tibial plateau fracture, especially if it's not perfectly reduced or perfectly aligned, can cause problems. ACL injuries, you know, anyone who injures their ACL, which is a surgery that we do all the time, no matter what, those patients seem to have a higher rate of arthritis later in life. Other broken bones, things that make the alignment in the lower extremity could put more force on the knee and cause problems with arthritis. So there are definitely certain injuries that can lead to more arthritis, but a lot of times just the day-to-day -day or I played a lot of basketball when I was younger, we don't really know that that causes arthritis. It's more these specific instances where you have major injuries to your knee. Well, let's talk about what things people can do as adults to help preserve their knee function. How important is weight control? And does 20 pounds make a difference? Yeah, I'm a big believer in maintaining a healthy weight. One, to keep the force off the joint, to possibly lower the symptoms that you're having, and also maybe the progression of arthritis. So that really hasn't been borne out well in the literature. And 20 pounds, I'm sure would make a big difference. I even try to get people, if you can even just lose five pounds, I think that can have a big deal on your overall well-being of your knee and also just how it feels. How do you recommend maintaining muscle strength and range of motion? I think working with therapists is really a key point of that. 
I think sometimes people think, how's this going to help me? It's not changing my arthritis. You're just strengthening. You're not affecting the joint itself, but it really seems to have good results, both just uh, anecdotally with what I see in the office, but also in the literature, it's pretty strongly supported by our academy as well. Even if you just go to a therapist a few times and learn some of the exercises and some of the techniques that you're teaching you, and then bringing those to the gym or to your home exercise or things like that, those are all great ways to stay active and also to keep the strength in your knee. Does footwear impact how well our knees absorb the impact of our movements? I'm thinking about running or even just walking. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, anything where you're going to have more cushion to an extent is going to be helpful in offloading the knee and absorbing loads. There are some people, though, that argue that we weren't born with sneakers on our feet, so maybe barefoot is the best way to go. And I think there's still some debate or there's you know, you've seen the shoes that are made to look like you're barefoot. There's some back and forth about what the best thing to wear energy does. Well, Dr. Breedenberg, I thank you for making time for this interview. You're welcome. Thanks for having me again. My guest has been Dr. Zachary Breedenberg. He's an assistant professor of orthopedic surgery at Upstate. The Informed Patient is a podcast covering health, science, and medicine brought to you by Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, and produced by Jim Howe. Find our archive of previous episodes at upstate.edu slash informed. This is your host, Amber Smith, thanking you for listening.